I like to describe feng shui as acupuncture for your home. So it's all about getting this energy and um, moving fluidly and easily through your home. Welcome to Inspiration Rising. My name is David Trotter and I'm a business growth consultant. I'm passionate about helping business owners just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals, all without the paralyzing overwhelm, feeling all alone, or wondering what the heck to do next. You're in the right place. I'm super glad that you're here. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Inspiration Rising. It is so great to have you here. Uh, I just wish you were like on a couch with me. We're just hanging out, talking. That's how I envision these conversations. You get an opportunity to sit alongside me and our incredible guests just to hear their stories and wisdom. And today, oh my goodness, Patricia Lohan is amazing. You are going to love her, full of energy and life. And oh, she's just living her dreams and inviting you to live yours by the way that you, well, decorate and structure and lay out all the things in your home to turn your home into a wealth magnet. I actually, just a couple of weeks ago, I got a new um, piece of taxidermy because I kind of like taxidermy, but I'm going to tell you this conversation. She was nice about it when we were recording, but after we were recording, she was like, yeah, mm, I'd get rid of that taxidermy if I were you, especially because I got a brand new bat. Like I never owned a bat before, but one of my clients who owns an antique store in Arvada, Colorado, she saw this, she's got this bat that was in her store and I was like, oh my gosh, I want that bat. So I bought it from her. Now... Like, I really like the bat, but I think, you know, according to Patricia, mm, not a money magnet. Like, having a bat in your house that's dead, that's in a glass case, even though you might, like, think it's cool and looks kind of kind of fun, not good for the wealth magnet. I was like, okay, all right, you're kind of raining on my parade here, po Patricia. But I'm listening to what she's saying. And I'm going to be following some of this advice because I do believe, I do believe what she's saying. It's got some like serious merit. Yeah. About how you decorate. And I'm the one who decorates our home. Okay. All the things in our home are reused except for mattresses and couches. I don't want to buy you stuff there. I want new stuff. Okay. The rest of the stuff, it's all like vintage, cool, old paintings, like uh, metal finds, all kinds of amazing stuff typewriters. I just like to, you know, my wife is like, yeah, you're the decorator in the house. I get to change it up all the time. Anyway, that's one of the things that I talk about with Patricia. I think you're really going to love this conversation. So let's dive into an amazing conversation with Patricia Lowen. Patricia, thanks so much for taking some time to hang with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah. Okay. So I know nothing about feng shui mm -hmm. at all, other than I'm not supposed to put something certain places. And I bet I'm breaking all the rules because I have a lot of um, uh, reclaimed items, let's just say, in my home. A lot of things that are, you know, kind of like reduce, reuse, recycle. Like I have them from all over the place. Um, maybe even some dead animals in my house that I have, mm -hmm. aka taxidermy. That's just for fun, you know? So I'm sure I'm breaking some rules. So um, give me the education. What is feng shui? Where did it come from? How did you get interested in it? 
Okay, so first of all, don't worry. If you think you're breaking the rules, you're probably not. And there's a lot of scope in feng shui and many, many layers to it. So um, even the taxidermy, I let my clients away with it. If it's something you love, it's okay. Um, so feng shui is a 5,000 year old practice that originates in um, China. And um, it was brought to the West um, in the 70s and 80s. Sorry, there's my puppy. That's not, <laughs> um, that's not a dead animal. That's an alive animal. That is an alive animal. Toby is having <laughs> a little bit of chat there. Um, so Feng was brought from the um, East to the West in around the 70s and 80s. Now it is a very, very, very powerful practice that is used in many, many, many different instances in terms of bringing a house or building into balance for money and health. So when you translate the words um, feng shui, um, it actually translates into good health and good harvest. It's an ancient practice. So harvest is like you reap what you sow. So it's all about abundance. Um, what I love bringing in is the fact that, you know, every Whole Foods across America has been feng shui'd. Um, so many huge global corporations use feng shui. Um, Disney, um, Intel, all these huge big brands use feng shui in in their um, buildings to support their clients, to support their employees, to support their profits and their um, and their income. Um, and that's when it kind of goes, people go, oh, what? These four or 500 companies are using feng shui. I want a bit of this. And for me, um, I'm all about bringing this technique back into the homes and lives of everyday people because it is an untapped resource that we have. Um, we're all in a, in, a, in a time of like growth orientation. We want expansion. We want to look at how we could be limiting or blocking ourselves from more, you know, profits, better clients, you know, just more freedom, more space and more opportunities. Um, and I see this as kind of the missing piece of the jigsaw that a lot of people um, overlook when it comes to um, our, you know, growth in our lives and businesses, because our physical environment is impacting our bank account and our health every single day, whether we like it or not. And it can be impacting it positively or negatively. Um, so I like to describe feng shui as acupuncture for your home. So it's all about getting this energy um, moving fluidly and easily through your home. And when you said about having things that are reclaimed or taxidermy, that's like really surface level feng shui um, at, um, at best. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about the practice. Now, what I see when I'm working with my clients is that they tap into more flow, more abundance, more money, more of the good things. And that's what we really want. Um, and they do have like dead animals in their homes and they do have um, reclaimed furniture. So you can just kind of go, oh, that's okay, I'm fine with that. And, you know, a lot of the things that we've heard about feng shui, um, you may be like, oh, I'm doomed because of this one thing. Uh, and I'm always like, do you know what? There's so many other things that we can look at and address in your home that can be positive, that can create a positive impact. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm on board. Like I'm interested. Right. I'm I very interested. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So how did you personally become interested and passionate about it? I mean, you are just fired up about this. I love it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, so I actually got my first books about it when I was 15 and I started implementing it immediately around in my bedroom. And my parents are like not into any of this 
at all. Like they were actually total entrepreneurs and they had their own businesses. And when I was about 18, I actually hired a feng shui consultant to come and consult on their business. Like this is how I was like, this is super important. And it was so fascinating when she came and did the um, analysis of their business um, and their business was doing pretty well already, um, which was always, always great. But when, um, when she left, I was really like still jizzed up about this. Um, and then, you know, I got caught into the traditional lane. You know, I was went to university. I studied business and marketing and really thought I wanted a normal job <laughs> because my parents are entrepreneurs and I was like, no, I want to nine to five and be normal. And that didn't last for very long, like literally a couple of years when I ended up back in the family business. And once I was in the family business, we actually ended up in a business that was amazing for me in terms of like growth and experience but it just wasn't my soul's passion and you've just said like you're so fired up about feng shui like honestly this gets me like so fired up and everybody you know you want to be doing something that you love and that makes a difference and that wasn't so I finally quit everything and headed to yoga to India to become a yoga teacher and while I was there I trained in lots of different practices I reconnected with feng shui again and I moved to a new city when I came back to Ireland and once I moved in I said, I'm going to feng shui this place for love. So I did all of the feng shui that was in my old books that were still back at my parents' house um, and did the feng shui for love. And then all of a sudden I had all these women after I met my now husband saying, how did you meet Ken? What did you do? And I was like, I did this. Um, And then I started going, oh, I can do this for love. Oh, what about the money part? Because I had just started my business. And as I started implementing it in our house, we had moved in together. We actually had a six figure windfall like out of nowhere. And this is not like, this was a very unexpected. So when things like that happen, like you're like, what is this? And that is literally, my business started to grow. My husband's did. Everyone started asking me like, what have you just done? So we dived into um, developing our own feng shui program. And that's what I've been doing now for the last um, seven years. And we've helped women, men, businesses all over the world um, just activate a resource that you have. You know, I think this is the, the thing about feng shui. It's not um, something that we have to do outside of our, that, that's kind of external. Like it's basically the four walls that we're living in. We all have a roof over our heads. It's either supporting us or not. And there's nothing structural changes that need to be made with feng shui that I teach. So I think this is a really big thing for people to realize like your house, if your kitchen is not in the bad place, um, your bathroom is fine where it is, like the positioning of most of the furniture is actually okay. Like 99% of the times, the the bed will only go in one place. Like it'll only make sense in one place. So I like to bring like really pragmatic, practical um, wisdom into this and be like, we're all about the energy of the place. And sometimes that's the, that's the invisible as well as the visible um, when it comes to the feng shui. So when I was a kid, like, mm-hmm young, I would actually move my bedroom around all the time Mm -hmm. because, um, I would actually take a piece of paper and I would draw out, I would pre-plan like the layout of my room. And like, even I had more of the mindset of how can I make it be the most efficient, like use of the space or the most creative or something. And so I'd literally move my room around once a month, you know, my parents would come in and they'd be like, Oh my goodness, stuff moved around already again. Um, that changed when I got a waterbed, um, mm-hmm. and uh, couldn't move much around anymore. Uh, cause the waterbed wouldn't move. 
but I, I love it. I, I actually am the one who decorates our home. I'm the, actually the one who does every, my wife doesn't touch anything primarily because I won't let her. Um, but <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 I got it. I got the plan. I got everything, you know? Um, so, uh, so I'm very fascinated by this. You, you know, you got me excited. All right. So take me through maybe some uniquenesses, like how your approach to feng shui is unique, because I'm hearing that there are a lot of different approaches. Maybe, yeah. And so maybe actually before you go to how you're unique, maybe just yes. some basic principles, because there's got to be some basic principles that are for true sure. for all the people that teach this. Yeah, for sure. Um, and even, yeah, so basically just, just kind of putting this into context, like feng shui is like an iceberg and what we'll read or Google or see online is kind of the tip of the iceberg. What's the visible um, and what's below the, uh, the energy is really what I like to focus on with my clients. But what we can talk about is like, what's the visible, like literally what is visible in your home. Um, and some of the common principles of feng shui is that it is actually based on five element theory. So it's very closely linked to feng shui, to acupuncture, to qigong. Um, and, you know, acupuncture and, and qigong and tai chi have become so mainstream now and it's really about making sure that your body is healthy and well and everything is moving so the same philosophy is like this um disharmony creates dis-ease like so we want to make sure that there's a really positive flow in your home and all feng shui will look at the energy coming into your home and the chi. Now, there are different schools of feng shui. Um, and there's the school of feng shui that's quite like, you know, as you say, there's different types of restaurants. So there's restaurants that are like fast food, McDonald's. Here's the quick fix. Do this. Here's your burger in two minutes, you know, versus like the beautiful, like organic meal or, you know, a five star Michelin restaurant. Um, and that's very bespoke and customized. So, um, and there's everything kind of in between. Um, the school that I practice is that every single home is unique and bespoke. And it all has its own personal kind of date of birth, as we say, in, um, as we kind of talk about in feng shui, that has its own energy. But then there's like common principles that will move through every house, whatever date of birth that is. So just like a person, we'll all have our own personality and imprint and energy. Um, but like I, wouldn't expect my acupuncturist to give me fashion advice you know so I don't give like interior design advice and that can be one of the things it's like oh so you're gonna tell me like where to put this painting or and or where I'm gonna put the couch and I'm like yeah kind of like I'll, I can give some advice in it but most of the time I'm about making sure that um that your house feels good that you feel good in it and that your that things are flowing um and this is a big part is that when people come to me and they're up there's something not quite right like something somebody's hitting a plateau either you're hitting a plateau and you're like things are going good but I'm just there's something else in my business that needs to look at my career sorry and <laughs> um, my business my career my health and my relationship my finances and they're kind of hitting some kind of like roadblock with it and that's where I'll look at their house and be like well actually it's because of this and this is how you fix it so the overarching things and um, one of the things that I like to say is um is uh, my idea with function, my, my personal way of doing it and looking at it is that like, you know, there's, 
I like to see it as this missing piece of the jigsaw when it comes to really creating a life and business that you love. Um, because we can do lots of the mindset work. We can do the actual action, tangible actions with whatever you have to do to do your work, to do your job, to call your clients, whatever that is. Um, we can do the internal work, like figure out like, what are my traumas? What are my blocks? And, you know, this is what I think being an entrepreneur and being business is about is like personal growth. And we're always going to be up against something learning and growing. Um, but what we want to do is make sure that we're not, there's not something external that's actually impacting it. And when we look at the house, oftentimes it does reflect back to where you're not growing or soaring. So I bring all of that into my work with my clients because I ask them to look at every part of their life and scale it and rate it and say, well, where are you? What do you need to do internally? What to do with your mindset? Like we keep that part. It's not like, oh no, that's all a waste of time. It's like, this is all part of it. And where do you want to go? So I like to help people create a home that mirrors where they are growing. Oftentimes houses are like kind of stuck in the past and are connected with so much, you know, memories. Um, don't get me wrong. I love keeping some memorabilia in my house, but it's about like progress and growth and movement. And that's a really big one um, for me. You're, you're incredible at articulating this. Yeah, you're just really good. Like I'm fired up. I'm in, I'm in on this. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, and so, all right. So, uh, get, like, use me an example here for a minute. Mm -hmm. All right. So I come okay. to you and I go, all right, I want to grow my business. I help, um, primarily like soul inspired female entrepreneurs, you know, start really start their coaching or entrepreneur business online. I want to grow my business. I've got, uh, I've been married 27 years. I got, uh, you know, I know that's hard to believe based on the fact that I look, I know I'm like 27 years, <laughs> but my, uh, cause I look 27, you know, um, my daughter's 22, my son's 18. Like I'm here in Southern California. Like what would be the first place that you would tell me you need to, you need to first, like, let's talk about this first. Like what's the yeah. first area of my home or, or life that you would want me to kind of look at? Well, the first thing you told me was about your business. So the first thing I would say, well, let's look at your office. Um, you know, I would look at your office and I can actually see your office here behind me. So I'm just like, tell me about your office. I love this. And I did a video about this not too long ago on uh, TikTok or Reels. So I live in a basically a 1000 square foot home in mm -hmm. Southern California that was built in the 50s, I think. Um, it is worth $1 million dollars. I know 1,000 1, square feet. Yeah. So right now I am literally in uh, our two car garage. Okay. I am inside of our two car garage. Um, and so this reclaimed wood is actually just mm -hmm. old fence boards that I attach to the side of the garage. And this is an actual couch. People sometimes ask me, is that a zoom background? I'm like, no, 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 it's actual. I, I hang out there and live there. Yeah. Um, so uh, because our home is so small, Patricia, Literally to the right of my desk here is a um, kind of like a uh, clothing rack that you would have like at a photo shoot. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like all the, yeah. all my clothes are right here. hundred pair of shoes are, are right there. You know, all my shoes, washer and dryers over there. Okay. Yeah. The other half of the couch is there. Garage doors here. Studio lights are around and, um, you know, what you don't see outside of the picture is, you know, there's a lot of stuff, laundry and just like the weed whackers over there. I don't know if you call it a right. weed whacker in Ireland. I don't think we do. Yeah. Um, there's 
furniture that my grandfather made in this room. My grandfather, after 30 years in the US Navy, um, he became a woodworker. So like over there is a oak roll top desk handmade by my grandfather that was wow. really popular in the 80s, right? Oak in the United States. I don't know if you know the fashion trends of you know the United States, but oak was big. Oak bookcase over there, oak bread box, oak, like all this stuff that I don't want to have in my house because it's not cool. It's not like, you know, but what am I going to get rid yeah. of? This giant, amazing handmade heirloom. Mm. Okay. Tricky. And then behind this black curtain is a bunch of um, like memorabilia stuff from, you know, back in the day, plus camping supplies. Boom. There's my okay. office. Okay. You this seem depressed. Great. You, you seem I, depressed. You're no, like, I'm not depressed oh at all. I'm just gosh. like, okay. This is juicy for me. <laughs> so first of all, I would say to you, like for me, visually seeing how you're set up, I think it looks amazing. Like honestly, from that perspective, I'm like, well done. You have so many things ticking the boxes already in terms of like a really good, strong chair, like a really nice background that looks like supportive behind you. You've got the wall, like got a kind of a wall behind you, which is really great. Um, and you know, you will be surprised how many people sit in a tiny little corner with their back to the door in this like really vulnerable place where the energy is coming in, it's hitting the back of their door. They're sitting on like a little crap chair and they're not like making their business a serious thing. Like you, you look like I'm the boss. Like I've got a pretty serious like workspace. Like you've created that. So sure. that's like a high five to you. And uh, you know, that's really good. And um, my next thing is just about like, you know, th those are great. Now, the next thing I would say to you about like all the other things in your space. Now, the fact that you're going to, and this is where we have to get really adaptable. I have a client who runs her business in New York from her studio apartment. Like she flips over her bedroom to her living room slash office um, at night. You know, oh, we have yep. worked on that in terms of like clear boundaries. So like, I understand the smaller space work, but what I would say to you, first of all, is that and um, there's a lot of things that seem to be that could create distraction for you. So you've said you have the washing machine, you've got the weed whacker, you've got all these different things that are like all over the place. I would definitely if this was if this is my if I, I was in with you as a client, like you were a client today, I'd be like, OK, we need to create some more boundaries. Like, obviously, it's good that you're not in the house like you know you're you've created your own space but what are their kind of little boundaries because you could you put a screen up that'll create more of a room for you that you're like this is my focused workspace um all of those little other distractions it, unknowingly are like allowing your energy to kind of drain out a bit like there's the washing machine and there's the laundry and there's the things so what i would say is that if you can and you know we just have to work with what you can do if you could but you said you had a curtain could you create that to just like make yourself a bit more like in the space that doesn't have all those distractions um you know i've had so many clients who have in their offices like had things like you know the kids toys all the stuff that's like totally like all these books that are not even related to their work you know all this that's just like you want to totally be able to walk to your office and feel like 
I'm here, I'm serious and I'm committed to it. And there's no other distractions for me. So in your office space, it's a good idea to have like a picture of your family because you're like, what the hell am I doing this all for? And maybe have like some inspirational books that support like who inspires you in business. Like who are the people that you want to be, you know, around or being inspired by. And then from that, you're going looking, going, okay, well, what about my space for my a vision board or your goals? Like things like that in your office are really great like they're just like these anchors of like what are you here for and why are you doing this and I have another client who has like a wall of all of their clients like all of the little client testimonials and stories and a big part of your office space is that you want to pretend that someone was going to come in and sit on the couch beside you as a client and that's like going to shift your awareness a little bit to the space to be like oh someone's going to come in here and for everyone who's listening going oh my god I don't want anyone ever to come and sit here with me like I'd be so embarrassed um, you want to have a little think about like, well, how would you such a, how would you switch it around? Because what, you know, your office is a statement to the universe to like how I'm, t- how, how serious I'm taking this business. And the more that you kind of like forget and, you know, just make do with sitting at the dining room table on a really hard cranky chair that's good, that's hurting your back, the more you're saying, actually, I'm comfortable in this discomfort and I'm not taking this business seriously. Okay. I think you're, uh, I, I know you're correct. I mean, when I walk in, I'm, I don't think I'm conscious of, wow, look at all this stuff, maybe mm-hmm. once in a while, but I get in the zone because I'm looking at my computer, you know, or my laptop yeah. pretty much all the day, but I still in the peripheral vision, see all of these other things. Um, so I do understand what you're saying. And I think if I envision myself walking into a box of an office with a window view, I think I would feel like, wow, this feels amazing, you know, where right now, because I do record videos and podcasts and all sorts of things, you know, oh my God, this sounds so ghetto, but it is what it is. You know, my garage door here, I have covered the, there's like little panel windows, you know, at the top of a garage door, it'll allow light in. I've covered those up so that it's dark so that no matter what day or what, no matter what time I'm filming in here, it'll always look the same. Because before I was having issues with the light coming in and it changing, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I wish I did have an office. You know, it's a three bedroom home and we have my wife and I and then two kids. And so um, I'm just waiting for, I don't want my kids to move out, but it's like, we'll just leave. I'm going to take over one of your bedrooms so fast. It's not even it's not even fun. And I think to be honest, I wouldn't be giving yourself a hard time. I think you've done a great job like of what you've already created. It's a really good job. Like you've done a great job already. Um, you know, I remember years ago in that job with my parents, I, like I had an office in the basement. It was at the dungeon, we called it. It was like a big joke. Now, this was like a big sea view property that had like all the staff, everybody had the view of the sea except no me. Dungeon. No way. <laughs> and I was meant to be the boss, like seriously, bad, bad karma. Anyways, I went one day, I just got so fed up. I was like, how can I bring more nature into this? You know? So for example, like one, what I did is I went up and I took this photo of the view and was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. So you're in like SoCal, you can go and get a big picture of the beach and like have this expansive picture of somewhere that feels expansive, bringing nature in, you know, that, that is what I did. I had this view that everybody else saw, like just out of the beach, it was beautiful. So there's those ideas of like the artwork that you could bring in to bring a bit more nature in, to bring a bit more you know in my office in Ireland um 
I have this picture that I absolutely adore and it's of the of the, all this forest with the light shining in and bluebells and you never see you never see like one bluebell on its own. It's always like a field of them. So it's that representation of abundance. And, you know, the artwork that you have in your office, in your bedroom, in your living room, everywhere in your house is really potent. Like it can be, it can be having a huge impact on your energy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the, I remember years ago working with a woman in her, on her office. And honestly, I was the first, when I first saw it, I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to say to her. Her office is like, it had like all this beautiful, you're talking about the oak furniture of your, your, your grandfather's like this beautiful furniture. I was just like, oh my God, she had this beautiful furniture, like proper big chair, big desk. It was just amazing. Great setup. Um, and I was like, tell me, oh my God, I want to say, so I just looking around us, tell me that piece of art. So we looked on the piece of art and it was a picture of a winter scene. So like winter, you know, is not the time that we make loads of money it's like introversion it's like snow it was a snow scene it was very like oh dark and I was like this isn't the most uplifting picture in the world so I was like well I'm not sure about winter like maybe you want summer like harvest like money all that and um when we looked at uh when we looked at she I was like so tell me more about this picture she goes it was my ex-husband's and I was like okay so this is something that didn't work out. Like it's a representative of something didn't work out. So that's a huge thing when we're looking at our office space. Yeah. You know, I, ha- I recently worked with a lady and we feng shui her whole home. We were going around the house. It was beautiful. I was like, she's done everything set up, put all those remedies in that I recommend. Sorry, please have it. No worries. And um, so I walked all the way around. I saw everything. And then we finally got to her husband's office. So, you know, with this whole work from home thing, a lot of people have been for- forced to work from home unexpectedly. So he has like, he's this huge senior role in a giant, like global corporate finance business. And he's in the worst room set up so badly and I was like and she's like he's had a terrible year of work this year and he didn't get his bonus and blah 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 and I was just like no wonder like no wonder and I was like this you've done it she did everything I was it was perfect first thing I did was like we've got to have a meeting with him got to get him on board and we've got to get his office sorted out so we I I and I was like despair so you were like okay one of my kids has to move back they had a spare room I was like get rid of the bed. Like she's like, Oh, we have, we, I was like, do you have any storage to put the bed into? She's like, we do. I was like, we need to make this space. Like if this guy is such a huge job, he needs an office that represents yeah. this. Like, so we flipped it around. I was like, we need to get rid of the bed. Like, she, and the husband had been reticent because it's like, Oh, this is just temporary. Like everyone thought it was temporary. <laughs> it's, it's a year and a half later. I was like, it's not temporary. We don't know what's happening. You got to get sorted. So we flipped it around. We got changed. He was on like a crappy little chair. His wife downstairs had like the best like Eames, like really posh office chair. And she's not even working. She was just on retirement, retiring. So she's like, oh, I don't even use my chair. I was like, give him your chair. Get him up into the space. Set him around. And he had this piece of art that was just like all this ancient, like he was in the financial business. So he bought this art years ago that was all this money, like all this. It was just this amazing picture of a man with like money everywhere. And I was like, she's like, it's in storage. I was like, get it out of storage, put this up behind him, set this all up. By the time they tweaked everything in terms of like having his proper office set up, sitting in a proper chair with his back to the wall, piece of art up. I come on the session to be like, how are you getting on? Like, let me have a check. 
And he's like, I've just been offered this amazing opportunity that what I really want, like I'm coming into retirement maids. I, the next few years, I really want to make a difference, make an impact, do something of interest. You know, you know, I could retire today if I wanted, but actually I, I want to do more. And he's like, I've just got this amazing opportunity in my email. And I was like, there you go. You know, this is like, it's just a turnaround when we look at our spaces and change just the energy of it. So how much of this is spiritually impacting the flow of finances and health and relationships versus, ah, you know, it just makes me feel better. And because I feel better, then I end up doing better. Oh, I love this. So the first thing is um, feng shui is like a, um, for any accountants or people who like numbers out there, they'll love this. So um, we actually do a detailed analysis based on the year the house is built. So you said your house is built in the 50s. That's like, oh, 50s. So I wonder what cycle that is. So it's in a specific cycle based on where it's situated and located. And we do a detailed calcul- calculation analysis of what's going on in the energy of the house. Um, and this changes from year to year. So there may be years in your life in, since you've lived in your house that you're like, God, that was a great year. Or then you're looking back and going, that was a really hard year. God, money was tight that year. Something was really tricky. Um, and then what we're doing with Feng Shui is we're like, we don't want people to go through those highs and lows. It's about like making sure that the space is energetically aligned. And this is kind of beyond below the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we analyze someone's house and we were, I was just talking to, um, to a couple the other night um, about this because when we first did our house um, when we first trained in this Ken and I we had worked with our um, the feng shui master and and um, she turned around to us and she was like financial difficulties last year and we were like how did she know like how how did you know like my husband his the hairs went up in his arms and you know that kind of creepy mode like you know for six months he hadn't got paid by the company he worked for like he nearly went bankrupt like it was so difficult and that was like she well she said it was in she she was like well actually last year he went through this this cycle that really it really inhibits finances um probably all got sorted by march and ken got all paid by march and we were like okay Fast forward our first business clients, our very first business clients, we're in there and I'm working with them looking and I was like literally able to say, have you had financial difficulties this year? And she's like, how did you know it started on the 4th of February? She could name the date of the Chinese New Year. So, you know, that's where, you know, there's a lot of, you know, making it feel good. And that's part of it because people have like honestly taken control of their environment, got rid of all the stuff that doesn't line up with where they want to go and, you know, feeling a bit better, like they're making some changes. Mm -hmm. But for me, a lot of it is really it's it's not that feel good. It's actually there's some fundamental things that we do with our clients to make sure that they don't go into these like drastic situations and they like, you know it's preventative as opposed to like, um, yeah, having to fix it afterwards. What's so coincidental about this conversation, the timing of this conversation, I'd probably say maybe, maybe a month ago, I started saying to my wife and kids, I go, I feel like I want to get rid of literally everything in our home. I just want to get rid of everything. And I love to go to estate sales. Um, or, you know, I don't, i I just find things. I just find like things like, I mean, every single thing in our home has a story. Everything is probably not new other than couches and beds, couches and beds. I'm like, "Mm, no, no, we want to keep those things new. Um, 
so everything has a story in some way and i utilize uh, a lot of artwork i have a lot of artwork that i find that's old you know from different places and um, I just felt like, I just want to start fresh. I just want to get rid of everything. Mm -hmm. I literally told them, I think I'm going to take all, because I have a lot of, um, a lot of <clears throat> things that I'll rotate through our home because it's like, I'll change it up like for, and then a couple months later, I'll just take it all out and I'll put new things on the walls and I'll put new things on the mantle and new things on, I'll uh, move. I like a lot of, it sounds weird, but I like a lot of metal industrial furniture. So like mm -hmm. really old, like we have lockers, you know, at different places in our homes, um, stuff from like just metal stuff, old stuff, yeah. you know, that's like cool. And it has a patina or whatever. So um, I'll move it around. <clears throat> and I said to them, I think I'm going to put everything inside of our living room and dining room, uh, living room, dining room and kitchen. And then stuff on the front uh, driveway. And I'm going to have it be almost like an estate sale. People are going to come inside because it's going to be so much stuff. And they're like, our stuff's really good. I go, I know people are going to, because it's that antique the retro yeah. vibe that's really popular in Southern California. So it's funny. I'm literally thinking about getting rid of almost everything. And I thought about shifting. I kind of wondered like, hmm, do I want to keep the style that we have like, cause there are some things that I go, well, why would I get rid of that? Like I'm looking to my right and there's uh, like, I've got a collection of probably 15 typewriters. I got a lot of typewriters okay. and like, I've got this metal unit from like a, uh, medical office that's got like the cool open bottom. And then, you know, it's, it looks old. I don't know, maybe fifties or sixties or probably sixties or seventies. Well, why would I get rid of that? Because if I saw another one, I would want that exact same, like I would want that. So, and I go, do I want to change my style? Or am I just wanting a refresh? Or I think I have too much stuff. Oh. I have too much stuff. And even though I like, because what happens is for a collector like myself, you know, you collect, you find, you find, you find, you switch it out. Then you put all the stuff in storage, you know, somewhere, and then you move it around. I get too much stuff. I just want to get rid of this. Yeah. But it does make me question whether I want a different style or not, go a bit more modern. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but this is really interesting I, timing. I think I just, I think you're convincing me. I'm just going to get rid of all of it. Just all of it's going to be gone. I love it. And I think that like for me, I, I remember a couple of years ago, a client in, in, um, in LA, um, I was working with her virtually, like I do with all my clients, but um, I happened to be in LA for a conference and she'd seen that come in and she was like, oh, but Trisha, we have like one consult left. Like, would you come to that? Like, please like come do in person. And I was like, okay, you know, like it's, it was a novelty for me to be in LA. So I was like, yeah, Quran. So she picked me up. We went over to the house and the very first call we had had with her, I had had with her and um, we just discussed like the apartment wasn't her dream apartment. She had moved in after her divorce, you know, uh, um, and I just said, look, the first thing you have to do is do these things. Um, and the second call we got on, she's just like, I've thrown everything out. And I was like, what? And I was like, I didn't tell you to do that. Like, I would never tell anyone to throw everything out. But what she said to me, she's like, I realized that as I was going through the work that you had given me, that everything was 
associated with this really sad time in my life. Not that your things are associated with sad time in your life, but it's just like that everything was associated with this other version of me that I don't want to be associated with anymore, that I want to move on from. So she's like, I decided to just get rid of it all. She's like, it wasn't very expensive. Like it was just kind of like, I needed something at the time. And when I got to her apartment, she's like, I'm going to redo it. Um, And what was so amazing witnessing this was she was a real creative, like um, an amazing creative. And she allowed her to express her creative expression around her with her home and her furniture and she decorated in this real beautiful kind of the living room walked in I was like wow it was this beautiful art deco kind of style like everything was just beautifully exquisitely designed totally beautiful um and I said to her I was like this is amazing so one of the things that you touched on was the art and you know letting go of things that don't suit where you are going and I think this is a really important thing it's just like do you want to be holding on to like 15 typewriters like amazing like they're super cool and fun but like are they like holding me back a little bit are they like is this like really aligning up for what I want when you decide to let go of something this is my trick with with um, letting go of things is that like I'll hold the item and be like okay I'm letting go of you and I'm welcoming in a new client I'm letting go of you and I'm welcoming in this amount of money like I have seen and I've got my clients to literally write down a wish list of their desires because when they made space for things they ended up with loads of other stuff replacing it as opposed to from what they wanted so it's like if you're going to do this yard this sale I would sit down with your kids and your wife and be like what are what are we doing like what's where's our vision where are we going what are we replacing all of this stuff with and it can be huge amounts of money it could be just whatever that you're like I'm letting this go and I'm bringing in this like one lady wrote down she wanted all the money for her shopping for Christmas holidays for kids she wanted a washing machine she wanted money for a new car she wanted all this stuff and did it declutter so that's a really cool exercise you can do with the letting go um and the next part is like as you let go it's just like where am I going like what do I want what's my vision and what am I making space for like where what am I going where am I going so the artwork is humongous and this woman in LA like actually brought me to tears because when we went around her home every part of your home represents a different part of your life um and one of the areas is like the new beginnings area they said her house was the the living room was this art deco theme and on the walls was these two big paintings of aeroplanes like those old propeller planes and I was like wow these are amazing and she said yeah this is my new beginnings area I want to propel forward and I was like oh this is it it. it's like she got it it was just so perfect and as we went around the space like every area like the piece of art basically represented her intention her dreams her vision so same goes for her career area where Oh, sorry. I don't know. Same goes for her career area. In her career area, she had this huge, beautiful picture of a black stallion. Her favorite horse, her favorite animal is this horse, the stallion. And go figure, she wanted to charge ahead in her career. So it's this like symbol, using the symbolism of the artwork. And, you know, one of my favorite topics is feng shui and art. So like, I love this, but it's just like whatever you have in your walls, like what's on your walls, like what's it saying? What does it represent about where you're going? And and how is it impacting your energy? Mm, Okay, crazy story. And then uh, we got to go. But I have a one-on-one client in in, uh, Beverly Hills that has an a, a exquisite, you know, 
multi multi million dollar home and uh, she's starting a more of a health business and um, and she wants that to replace uh, her real estate business and she had a home that she'd been trying to sell for three years that was uh, just roadblock 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 when I came into her life, she said, I don't have a place in my home to work because my office is just an absolute disaster. And so I went to the, it, it was a disaster. There's just paperwork everywhere. I mean, it was just, you know, it just, a lot of people, a lot of people, when people come into our home, they're like, do you live here? Like, there's not a lot of clutter. I'm like, yeah. And then I go to other people's homes. Clutter is a huge issue for a lot of people. Mm, this office yeah. was full of clutter. I spent an entire day with her decluttering it. She bought a new sofa. She, we rearranged, we got chairs from other parts of her house. Um, we dialed in the entire office. I had never even thought of this, but she sold that home, the home that she had been trying to sell for three years for $30 million within a few months. Like just a yeah. few months after dialing him or her own office, um, so you know I don't want to take credit for that, but you know, uh, but it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it totally contributed. Oh my god, like it's just amazing. And when you start setting up, sorting out your space, it really has a huge impact, like on your life and your business and your bank account. Amazing. Okay, patricialohan.com. Um, you've got a, a podcast, of course. Before we jump into that, though, you've got uh, a bunch of free. Uh, resources that I want to draw people's attention to. So patricialohan.com slash office. And yeah. what is what is this um, resource? Feng Shui for the office. Discover how my clients are using Feng Shui to optimize their office, desk, or workspace without the stress, confusion, or crazy overwhelm, and how they leverage this powerful resource, even if working from their kitchen table, bedroom, or shed. That's <laughs> a title. Yes, that's a pretty... Long title. Don't show your office. Go to patricialowen.com forward slash office. You can come and follow me on Instagram, see my adventures here in Greece, or um and see loads of pictures of my puppy. <laughs> or you can join me on my podcast, the Live Your Dreams Awake podcast. Um, but mostly if you want to um get started, focus on the, the space that you're more interested in. So if it's your office, go there. Um, and if you're interested in calling in more money, go to patricialowen.com forward slash money. And the Live Your Dreams Awake podcast, tell us what that's all about. So um, the first thing you asked me was like, where was I? And I'm like, well, I'm in Greece right now, but I live between uh, Ireland and now soon Italy and Greece and Bali. Um, and I'm just all about living your dreams awake. You know, one of my, actually my very favorite quote is our truest life is when we are in our dreams awake it's a henry david thoreau quote um and i think that we're not we're not alive to wait for our retirement we're alive right now we're here to live and enjoy it right now um and um living your dreams awake is just my main myself my husband, our philosophy um and i embody it hopefully i inspire people to do it uh, um using feng shui and then uh yeah i interview people who i think are doing it too very fun. Patricia, oh, what a delight it's been to connect with you. You are doing great things in the world. So thanks for sharing Thank with you. us today. Thanks a million. It's been amazing. Hey, congrats on listening to another episode of Inspiration Rising. Why congrats? Because you're pouring education and inspiration into your mind and heart. And that's something we all need if we're going to grow our businesses and reach our goals in life. Now, if you enjoy Inspiration Rising, do us a favor, share it with a friend, take a screenshot of your favorite episode 
and text it to them. Tell them to search for Inspiration Rising on their favorite podcast app and click subscribe. I want you to know today that you're inspired, empowered, and loved. Not because of the way you feel or what anyone else says about you, but because that's your true identity.